Hello, and welcome to Pastor George's Bible Study. Is he? I thought, you, I thought that was Lisa. Oh, it was Ruel that was praying. Thank you for this day. Thank you for another day. Oh, Pastor Greg, closer to you. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. Help that Brother George to tell us some more about your words. And, um, to look at the story of Naaman, we just want to continue from where we stopped. So if you open your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 5. Second Kings 5. Abigail, please, can you read your notes just so that those who were not here last week can, or let's have a recap, kind of. Uh, the, uh, from verse 1, uh, I like the woman strengthened good qualities uh, that all down to God, so he's given me everything I have, um, and I don't have anything without him, because verse 1, Explained how Naaman was like this is a successful man and an army general, but only because God gave him victory. But um, he also had leprosy. And in verse two to three, uh, I learned that I need to help him even if it feels like I don't have to, because the servant of Naaman's wife um, knew that God could help her master, um, and she didn't really hesitate to share what she knew about God. And then in verse 9 to 13, uh, that Naaman expected Elisha to give him something more complicated to do to heal him of leprosy. But, um, like, he kind of had his own ideas about how God works, but I should have stopped. And all God's asking me to do is just to trust him and um, obey him when he told me to do something. And also, overall, that the story teaches us to listen to other people because even though Naaman was high above his wife's servant to go and his servants, um, he still listened to them, and that's what saved him. So we were saying last week that Naaman, yes, he was successful, and the scripture had already told us that it, the Lord gave him victory. Yes, he was successful. He was a, a, an army general in the Syrian army. But all that was only possible because 
the Bible said, by him the Lord gave victory to Syria. So he was not successful. It wasn't by his own strength he got the success. The Bible said it very clearly, that verse one. Maybe I should just read it. It says, Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master. Because by him, that's by Naaman, the Lord had given Syria. So, it's obvious there that he did not give victory to Syria by himself. It was the Lord that. And we were challenged again. The Bible said he was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master. That was the master, the king, his the king. For us, we also have a king. Spiritually, our Lord Jesus is our king. He is our master. And we need to be honorable in his eyes. And when the Bible says he was honorable in the eyes of his master, that means he was from his master. Not from men. If Neman was going to please any man, it was the king he was going to please. First, and that also throws back to us that our first allegiance is not to human beings, it's to God, it's to the Lord Jesus, who is our master. And whatever we do must be done in his eyes. You will read scriptures about various the Bible says, and this king did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord. So whatever we do has to be in his eyes. It has to be at his approval. Not, first of all, the approval of men. And we should not be comfortable thinking that, oh, as long as people are happy, that is okay. No. It's the Lord, first of all, that our actual lifestyle should be approved of. Is the Lord and not human beings. So we just, by God's grace, God helped us to establish those issues last time. And you know, Abigail went on to talk about, or uh, raised it in our notes about the fact that Naaman, when the when um, Elisha told him a very simple instruction: go to the river Jordan and wash seven times. Neiman already had a preconceived idea that the way God is going to heal me is that the man of God will just come out and shout and hit and maybe dust will come up and that dust will just create a big sandstorm. He was looking for drama. Neiman was thinking God will heal him dramatically. But the instruction was just go. In fact, Elisha did not come down. He said, oh, oh, our God is wonderful. Elisha did not come down. He sent a servant. Please go and tell him to just go and wash in the river. Have his back in the river Jordan and he'll be healed. No ceremony. Do you know the reason why some people 
find it difficult to accept Jesus is because of the simplicity message of the gospel. How can you say just believing in Jesus I am saved? It's too simple to believe. But unfortunately, that is the problem of a lot of people. The simplicity in Jesus is what has denied people from coming to the saving knowledge of God. So the prayer we prayed last time was that we should not we should not um, should not be beguiled, we should not be deceived from the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus. I'm trusting that the Lord will help us. So this evening, if you just go to that um, Second Kings 5, we want to read the next part. After he went to the river, river Jordan, to wash, to have a bath, and he was healed, we want to take it up from there. Now, I want us to read from back down to 17 for context, and then we will, we will, because we draw lessons from there and pray about those things. So, can somebody read for us 2 Kings chapter 5 from verse 13 down to 19? Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something, something, would you not have done it? How much more than when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times, as the man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Then Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God. He stood before him and said, Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. So please accept a gift from your, from your servant. The prophet answered, As surely as the Lord lives, I will not accept a thing. And even though Naaman urged him, he refused. If you will not, Naaman said, Please let me, your servant, be given as much as as much earth as a pair of mules can carry, for your servant will never again make burnt offerings and sacrifices to any other god but the Lord. But may the Lord forgive your servant for this one thing. When my master enters the temple of Rimon to bow down, and he is le- leaning on my arm, and I have to bow there also, down in the temple of Rimon. May the Lord forgive your servant of this. Go in peace, Elisha said. After Naaman had travelled some distance, Gehazi... Okay. Stop at verse 19. Thank you. So, we want to just explore again the word of God and and um, see those instructions the Holy Spirit wants us to learn from these verses. If you look at verse 13, you know the servants challenged Nehemiah. Then he was annoyed. 
you know, verse 12. Let me read verse 12 for you. The Bible says, Are not Abana and Pava, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned away and went away in a rage. Do you see Naaman there? Naaman was going to be can you, God said through Elisha, go and wash in River Jordan seven times. And Naaman said, Ah, why is he not sending me to better rivers? Why is he saying I must go to Jordan? Are those other rivers not better? Do you know at times? Human beings can be very arrogant and arrogant against God. God said, Go to river, and you are saying, Isn't River Abana better than River Jordan? Why is he telling me to go to River Jordan? That depicts the typical arrogance of man. And we too, at times, you, we ask those questions in a quiet way. I know you have a lot of questions about God, isn't it? You say, but God, why? 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 Tell me. Ah, can't you, couldn't you have made the sun at times cold, at times hot? Why? And some of our questions that we ask is because we don't understand that our God is sovereign. There are some things you will not understand about God. That doesn't mean He is not God. You understand? There are some things you might know, not know all the answers about. And that's because you are a human being. Human beings cannot know all the answers. The Bible says anybody who will come to God eh, must believe that he exists. Following God is following by faith. You cannot actually use, if you rely on your brain cells, eh, your cerebral cortex and your cerebellum, that's the part of the brain at the back. If you rely on your human brain to follow God, you won't follow him. Yes, Jimmy. Each has been looking at Mark 4, you know, where on the storm on Galilee, where, where Christ was sleeping in the back of the boat. Yes. And what do the disciples say to him? <laughs> yes. Master, carest thou not that we perish? You know, completely contradictory to, to Scripture, because God has, says that God would have it that none should perish. Yes. None should perish. Don't you care that we perish, Master? And you are sleeping here. Don't you care? You know those questions? They sound desperate. As if you are desperate towards God. Eh? But, you know, it should invoke faith in God. Not make you feel God is... is um, should be questioned. As if he doesn't know what he's doing. You understand? God... Is not 
being when even when you question God, you question from a position of faith and not from a position God actually you should rethink what you are doing. You should let's give it a second thought because what you are doing is not true. You don't question God like that. There's nothing wrong with asking God questions. Please don't misunderstand what we are saying. But you question God because you want to know more about Him. You want to, you want to, you want to, you want to be encouraged in the things of God. That's why you. But when you are God chose, you don't ask me why He chose the evangelical. That's God. He wants to do His work. He's doing it that way. But you now say, but why is it Jericho? Why, why sorry, why is it Riva Jordan? Sorry. And it's not Riva Banner. It's God that chose it. So what are we what is God trying to challenge us about? You know, knowing God again is believing that he exists. That's what Hebrew says. Hebrew chapter 11, verse 6. It says, he that comes to God, and we will come to God all the time. We will come to him all the time. It says, he that believes, he that comes to God must believe that he exists. So not just exists, he, God is far, and when the Bible says he exists, everything about God is real. That's what that scripture is trying to build for us. Everything about God is real, is relevant, is applicable to our circumstances. It is. It's not. It's not one group of stories about one being up there. No. And at times you don't know all the answers. But that doesn't mean God is less of God because you don't know the answer. I'll give you an example. Do you remember in John chapter 6, the Bible talked about those disciples that stopped following Jesus. Do you remember those, those disciples in John 6? Now, before Jesus, Jesus has been telling them about the bread of life. They have been talking to them that see, I am my flesh is is food, is bread indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. They didn't understand. So they, they concluded, they said, Ah, this is a hard saying, this is a hard preaching. Who can bear it? Who can understand it? You understand? So what happened? Jesus explained for that. And the Bible said, from that day, a lot of the disciples stopped following him. If you want to think about that scripture, they stopped following him. Why? Because they didn't understand what he was saying. It's not everything you understand at first. You will notice that even the disciples Everything Jesus was saying that they understood. Later, when he resurrected, they now understood. Ah, I will remember he said this, he said that. It now makes sense. 
you 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 get it. So even for for the disciples who stayed with Jesus, they did not understand them evil, but they kept following him. And as they kept following him, understanding came. And they understood why Jesus said some things. That did not stop them. Not understanding Jesus did not stop them from not following Jesus. So, at times, we might not understand why God does some things. No problem. Please, the challenge is keep following him. Keep working with him. Don't be arrogant. As the days go by, as the years go by, if God chooses, you will get understanding into those things. It's not everything. It's not everything. So, as God will help you, people have asked, oh, why did my junior brother die? You understand? I, I don't know. But I thank God. He loved the Lord. You know, those things should not stop me from not following from following Jesus. I should keep going. I should keep um, um, following him. So we see here, Neymar was questioning the choice of River Jordan. It's just like you saying, God wants to heal you and you get up and say, God, please, don't heal me this way. I want you to heal me that way. Excuse me. Him to start choosing how you want to be healed. It's just like have you have you seen very posh people before? I've met a few in my lifetime. <laughs> and at times it fascinates me how they choose what they want. It's it's lovely to see. <laughs> what I mean by that is lovely to see because it fascinates me how you have detached yourself from the ordinariness of life. And you choose to be specific about something. So excuse me. I, I don't want that teaspoon in my cup. I, I, I really want the spoon by the side of the cup. You know, I, I, somehow I feel that I get a bit upset when I see the teaspoon in the cup. It's by the side. And I'm thinking, so you won't drink the tea because the teaspoon is in the cup. <laughs> Anyway, let's leave that aside. We are not talking about posh, poshness or not posh here. We are only talking. We cannot be choosing or choosing how God wants to do His work. The Bible says His thoughts are not our thoughts, and His ways are not our ways. It's so important to understand this. But God showed Naaman mercy because you see his servants challenged him, and I thank God he listens to his servants. They told him, they said, "Excuse me, Commander." <laughs> I'm just paraphrasing my own words now. If the man had told you to go and do something difficult, will you not have gone? Why is it that you are now? We are now saying, why are you arrogant? Why are you being annoyed? He's told you a very simple thing. He's only wisdom to go and do it. There's no need to be annoyed because he told you something simple. And you know that is the problem. 
if the gospel message was all about me and you do something very difficult people would do it if coming to the knowledge of the lord jesus means you need to go and sacrifice 150 cows somewhere you will see people they must get those 150 cows in their lifetime they will go and see how they will get cows and sacrifice it something difficult but jesus is saying the word of god is in your mouth believe on the lord jesus and you'll be saved and that is too simple for people to believe it sounds very absurd but that is god's way we can't question and we you know i've, I've like when people have asked me that question several times now why is it why must it be true jesus i said honestly i don't know the same way i can ask you why is the, your mouth not at the back of your head why is your mouth in front your mouth could have been at the back of your head so when you are speaking you are speaking from the back why didn't god design your head that way why is your ear on the side of your head why is it not on your leg I'm not God. <laughs> and honey, what is the truth? There are some questions, like I said, questioning God is to help you. It should help you have more faith in Him so that you can grow. The question should not be arrogant questions that turn you away from God. That was what was happening with him and here. And it's someone challenging. God he listened and he received his healing. Now, let's take it up from verse 15. The Bible says, he returned to the man of God. Thank God. He returned to God. Hmm? He returned. He and all his aides and before him. Do you see what was happening here? We man was so touched by what had happened to him. All his entourage including himself they went back they went back and stood before the man of god you can see a grateful man now you can see somebody who had been broken he said ah i've been healed all of us we are going back we need to go they didn't just go away they went back as if they wanted to thank god you see they Newman was grateful. The all his aides and his servants would have seen what had happened. We were about this, and we were talking about the, the dodgy preachers who were doing it for money, and um, Elisha's servants. You know, they they would have been they would have been talking. They would have seen all these things, and by God's grace, they wanted to go and give thanks. They returned. And you know, that's one thing we must also learn as Christians. Every time God does something, please let us not take it for granted. Let's go back and thank Him. Every time the Lord does something, please don't be, let's not be like those lepers. Remember those lepers, those nine lepers? There were ten lepers Jesus healed. Only one returned to give thanks. One leper returned to give them. And Jesus was asking, 
Where are the other nine? You know, it must there must also we should also have that heart of gratitude. The Lord has done something, has answered the prayer. Please let's thank him. And you know, as God him on this platform, it's good to to I think we do it. Let's just do it, continue to do it. Let's not be discouraged. You know, when God answers the prayer, they say, ah, thank God, brethren. The Lord answered you. Remember, we prayed about this. And God has done it. You know, it's wonderful. It's, a, it's, a, it's the right thing to do. To keep thanking you. So, they returned to Elisha. And he said, indeed, look at what had happened to this man's heart. He said, indeed, now I know there is no God in all set in Israel. So he had come to know the God of Israel because of this miracle that happened to him. And all, beloved brethren, all God is wanting to do with us and to the rest of mankind is for them to know that there is God. For them to come and what is the knowledge of God? Is actually, is, the Bible says, eternal life is that they may know God and Jesus Christ, whom He has sent. God wants us to all con- contact or be in contact with eternal life. And this eternal life is very, Jesus explained it in John chapter 17. What is eternal life? Eternal life is that. You may know God, I may know God, and Jesus Christ, whom yeah, that's in John 17. And that's what God wants to do. That is the sole aim. God wants mankind to acknowledge him. God is not intending that anybody should perish. He wants me and you to appreciate and come not only to the saving knowledge of God, but keep growing in that knowledge of God. And we notice here, Neman, he said, now I know. That there is no other God in all the earth. You see, that is the message of the gospel. Jesus is is somehow is is embedded in that verse that mankind if any man born into the world any woman born into you anybody born into the world was born into sin coming to know god means coming to know jesus the savior of the world so that you can be saved so that you can acknowledge what Jesus has done for you on the cross. The message of the gospel. Now, if you read, he said, he now said, um, there is no other God except in Israel. He now said, now, this is a man who has just come to know God. He said, now, therefore, please, take a gift from your servant. Very interesting. I want you to take note of that. He wanted to give thanks. Isn't it? And he was so appreciative. And the first thing he thought of was, ah, let me give. 
Now, that statement looks very innocent. You know, what the man was trying to do. Looks innocent. There's, it looks as if, what's wrong with giving a gift for what God has done? But look at what the man of God did. Verse 16. The Bible said, But he, Elisha said, As the Lord lives, before whom I stand, I will receive nothing. That verse is very, very important. It said, As the Lord lives, before whom I stand, I will receive nothing. What is Elisha saying? Can we just discuss, please? What do you think Elisha was? Why did he start off? Why did he not, not just say, I will receive nothing? Why did he start with, as the Lord lives, before whom I stand, I will receive nothing? Yes, let's discuss this. Uh, George. Yes. I think uh, the reason why Elisha told Naaman that way is um, God, God's uh, what you call that one. Um, what God is doing to us cannot be paid by money. Mm. Probably, um, like Jesus, what's been uh, doing in the New Testament, go and sin no more. He always, um, he always tells. To uh, those that uh, he's been healing, go and see no, and he's not accepting gift as well. But I think what uh, God wants us is uh, to live a life that is holy and righteous before Him, and He does not want money. I'm sure. But other preachers yes. are taking advantage of this miracle. So, uh, and then during the healing crusade because mm. i witnessed it myself uh, george mm. and then all these ushers they will have all these offering baskets and everything and then it's a gospel mm. you see you know you've 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 hit on something very crucial there you see elisha said as the lord lives before whom i stand where was elisha standing please before the Lord. Elisha's, uh, you know, he, he, he said that. That is exactly what Elijah also said in 1 Kings 9, 17. Do you remember? When he went and confronted Ahab, Elisha said, Elijah in 1 Kings 17, went, the Bible said, and Elijah the Tishbite went to Ahab and said, as the Lord lives before whom I stand, there will be no rain or dew in Israel except at my word. Elisha and Elijah knew that they were just ordinary human beings. And what they are saying as prophets of God, they are saying it as they stand before the Lord. They were standing before the Lord. The words they are giving, the words they are saying, are, are, are what they received as they were standing before God. And anything they were going to do, where they were going to do it as they stood before God. Now, even these gifts 
that um, Newman was offering. He was not going to collect it because he was standing before God. Elijah is not the type of person who jumps and collects every gift from anybody. No. You know, even for us, if we are involved in any kind of God's work, it is not every gift from people that you collect. For me, as I read this scripture, it's as if Elisha was already asking God, God, this gift, am I to collect it? And immediately, it's as the Lord lives before whom I stand, I shall receive nothing. I will receive nothing. Yes. Elijah wasn't shy of asking for a double blessing of Elijah's blessing, was he then? No, he wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't. Because he... So it's not as if he didn't... Is that what you're saying? That he wasn't shy of receiving things. If he wasn't. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. He didn't have a problem about exactly. receiving things. Yeah, but here, he wanted to hear heaven first and say, God, am I to receive this? Is this a gift you are sending to this man? I want, to, I want us to know that let us always be in tune with heaven in anything we are doing. Because it's, it's perfectly, it looks reasonable, it looks good. The man has just been healed. He wants to show gratitude to God. He brings a wonderful gift. Elijah is not a greedy man. He won't just pounce on the gift. He says, yes. <laughs> Money has come. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Oh, I just, I just looked at the offering and I said, God, you are wonderful. All that, all, all those, all those gymnastics, all because of greed. It's not everybody. Look at the man Elisha was refusing a gift from. Look at what Elisha said. And that shows you. You see, um, Elisha rejected the gift before he even said the things he said. Now, it's not that Neman recognized God. He had come to know that there is God. But Neman didn't have the boldness from that story. Do you remember? He said in verse 17, the Bible said, so Neman said, then if not, please let your servant be given two moons, Lord of earth, for your servant will no longer offer either bond or sacrifice to other gods, but the Lord. That's wonderful. It is like Nika was saying, the best gift you can give to God is your life. You understand? The best gift you can give to God is that you offer yourself as a sacrifice to the Lord and not to other God, other gods. That's the best gift. Or we can give gifts to God. Eh? Physical gifts in whatever ramification. Your life must be on the altar first. You know your life first before you give your money. Your heart should be given to God first before you give your money. 
God always looks at the life first that is giving the money. Before he looks at the money. It's not, it's not that God spends pounds. All those, all those, you know, God doesn't need pounds to survive. If I'm allowed to use that terminology. God doesn't, doesn't is the, the, the Bible said, in charge, he's the owner of the thousand, of the, of the, of the thousand cattle on the hills. The Bible says he is the one who rules in the affairs of men. The Bible says the, the heart of a king is in his hand and he can turn it anywhere he wants. It's not that God needs. The first thing God is looking for is your heart. God can easily get money and use it how he wishes. The problem God usually has is with mankind. <laughs> It's interested in getting your heart. That's the best gift for God. So when um, Naaman said, let your servant get earth so that I will no longer offer either burnt offering or sacrifice to other gods, but to the Lord. Very important. That's gifts. My life should now be a living sacrifice unto God. Now, Look at, and you know, as I was reading it, that's wonderful. Neiman was now going to be a, a sacrifice unto God himself. That's the meaning of verse 17. However, he now asked, look at it. He said, yet in this thing, may the Lord pardon your servant. When my master, that's the king, goes into the temple of Raymond to worship there. Remember, the king doesn't recognize that there is no other God but the God of heaven. That king is still worshipping Raymond. And normally, when the king worship, is worshipping Raymond, he's going for sacrifice. His, his commanders should go with him, including Naaman. So, ask him. He said, please, when you have to pardon, yet in this thing, may the Lord pardon your servant. When my master goes into the temple of Raymond to worship there, he leans and he leans on my hand. And I bow down in the temple of Raymond. When I bow down in the temple of Raymond, may the Lord please pardon your servant in this thing. What's the Bible saying there? The king, his master, was still a worshiper of Raymond. And Naaman was still not confident as a young believer. To go up to the king and say, Mr. King, please, can I ask a request? I am I have now seen that there's no other God but the God of Israel. Remember, this king that is worshipping Raymond, do you know he was the one that wrote a letter? Do you remember? If you follow the story, he wrote a letter to the king of Israel and saying, See, my command leprosy, I have heard that you have a prophet. Maybe we should go there for reference purposes. Eh? Look at it. I want you to read that same second thing, chapter 5. The Bible said, when, of course, Neman was a leper, he had, Neman had a, 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 a wife, and they, there was a servant, a young girl, Look at verse 2. The Syrians had gone on raid. That's 2 Kings 5. 
Ezekiel's had gone out already and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, If only my master, that's Naaman, were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he will heal him of his leprosy. And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus, the girl who is from the land of Israel. Do you understand? So Naaman went to the king and said, See, there is a prophet that heals. So verse, the king of Syria said, Go now, I will send a letter to the king of Israel. Eh? So he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing. Then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, who said, Now, this is the king of, this is the king of Syria, writing these notes to the king of Israel, said, Now be advised, when this letter comes to you, that I have sent any man my servant to you, that you may keep him of his leprosy. It's very interesting. Eh? Look at all that. Then when, look at verse 7. And it happened. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am I God? Am I God to kill and make alive? That this man sent a man to me to kill him of his leprosy. Therefore, please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. Do you, do you see? The king, the king of um, Syria wrote a letter to the king of Israel, to the king, and he said, please, I have, he has leprosy. You need to heal him. <laughs> it's you that will heal him. So the king of Israel now said, see, I am not a god. I am not the one that heals. And you notice, Elijah, El, sorry, Elisha now said in verse 8 when, so it was when the Elijah, the man of God, heard the king of Israel had torn his clothes then he sent to the king saying why have you told please let him come to me and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel so, going back to the story of Naaman Naaman had now been healed But Naaman was still not bold enough as a young Christian, you understand? To go and tell the king and say, remember you sent me to Israel. Remember I had leprosy. You are still worshipping Raymond, this empty God. There is a true God in heaven. Naaman still could not do that. So he was asking Elijah, please, let God forgive me on this issue. I still can't go and tell my king. Meanwhile, it was this same king that allowed him to go. It was this, this same king. So if Naaman had gone up to the king and said, excuse me, Mr. King, you remember I had leprosy? And you sent me to Israel. I have now known that there is a true God in heaven. Excuse me, king, you are still worshipping Raymond. Raymond is not the God, he's not the true king. The true king, the true God, is God in heaven. Wouldn't that have been a wonderful witness for that king of Syria? It, it, 
not breathing. Do you see how Nima bottled up the gospel message in a sense that could help people in Syria? And beloved brethren, at times it happens to us. We bottle up the gospel message. We are still very shy of sharing the good news with others. And that was what was happening to Neman. Neman still had some growing to do in the things of God. Neman still needed somebody to encourage him and say, see, you can still do this. You can carry the message of the God of heaven back to Syria. That is the gift God is looking for. Not your shekels of gold, not your thousand talents of silver. No! Those are important gifts heaven wants you to give to him. The gift of sharing the gospel with others. That's what God was looking for. So, Elisha was not going to collect gifts from a man who still didn't understand the true gifts of, of God. What is this story teaching us, beloved brethren? It's very straightforward. God, can you to offer God the true gifts? And first of all, that is our life. Let my life, let your life be a burning sacrifice, a living sacrifice for God. Let my life be a life that God will look at and you will be happy with. Let your life be that life that is always on fire for Jesus. That God will look at and please with this life. Remember, Jesus asked that Samaritan woman, Give me a drink. You remember? It's the same thing. The Lord Jesus wants to drink from your life. He wants to drink from your life. The Lord is thirsty to drink something from your life and my life. So that instruction, Give me a drink, is symbolic. Is what God is looking for from me and you. He wants your life first before your physical gifts. When your life is not on the altar, giving over to God, your physical gifts mean nothing to God. Even if you bring a billion pounds, it is nothing with God because the life that is giving it is not wholly surrendered to Jesus. And that's what we saw here. So Elisha will not collect it. Next time, when we study, you will see. You know, when Gehazi later went and collected it, collected some of those gifts. Do you remember Elisha confronted Gehazi and told him? He said, Is it time? Getting gifts. Is it time? It's not yet time to collect gift from this man. He still needs to grow and understand that he must be a living sacrifice. He must be bold enough 
to go to the king and say, Mr. King, I have met the true God. Let's stop worshipping this Ramon. Remember, this king respected Nima. Do you remember? We said it in the beginning. The Bible said it. He respected Nima. So had a platform. He already had an open door to go back to the king and say, and say Ah, king, I'll be healed by the true God. I think we should stop worshipping this Ramon. There's nothing there. I've been carrying leprosy for years. Ramon did not help me. Raymond did not help me. Why should we see worshiping? Why should we see, see the worshiping this Raymond that is lifeless? There's nothing in it. Let's go to the true God. Beloved brethren, can God help us that we can be truly that's the prayer point we should pray about. Now, Lord, can you make can you help me, Lord? I want to be truly a living sacrifice. I want my life to still be burning so that you look at me, you are pleased. The smell that is coming from my life is not repulsive to God. That's the prayer. And you know, as God helps us, He has already given us opportunities with some of our co workers and with people around neighbors. Let's not shy away from declaring the gospel. They already, let me tell you, they already respect you because you are nice. Because you are you are an easygoing person. Because you are shining the light. That, that, that platform is there. Let's not withhold our hand. Let's share the gospel. Let's bring the new good news that can save that soul. I trust the Lord will help us. I will stop here. And like I said, let that, let that be our prayer point. Come and join Pastor George's Bible Study at 8 p.m. 